made it through to another year. God has blessed us to see another year. And he is so good and so wonderful in our lives. And we just thank him for all that he is doing. And we just want to just open up in prayer, thanking God for his goodness, thanking God for his mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you brought us into this year, O God. We thank you, O God, that you've given us new vision and new expectations, O God, and new ability just to uh, continue to go on in you and to go further with you, Father, and let you lead us all the way, O oh God, through this year, victoriously, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that as we go through these lessons and go through your word and go through the word of God, that you will just continually uh, open up our understanding, give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding of how to walk and be closer to you and walk with you, O oh God. Lead us by your spirit, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Father, give us understanding of your word, we pray tonight. And we just say, Lord, have your way. Have your way, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, as we go through these lessons and, 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 and continue on offense, as we've been on offense and just going through the um, – uh, of that lesson, oh God, help us, first of all, not to even uh, walk in offense. And when we see it, oh God, that we will quickly understand and see what it is, oh God, and uh, throw it down and give it over to you, oh God, to walk in love, to walk in peace, to walk in joy with one another, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. I pray God and give you an understanding of the word and help us all because I tell you, as I go through these lessons, I'm learning more and more. And um, we just wanted to kind of finish up. We were going through the books of the Bible. And uh, this, uh, uh, I just want to introduce you all to uh, Lois. That's uh, my childhood friend. This is Damon's godmother. And uh, we came up in the same Sunday school. And Lois, I know you remember Sister Turner giving us the books of the Bible. Amen. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I do. Uh huh. I tell you, uh, we, you know, we learned those books of the Bible from her, and so we had just kind of been going over some of the, you know, just going over uh, a little bit, not going through each book, but just going over like how many books were in the Old New Old Testament, and uh, we were kind of going through the. Uh, books of the Old Testament, just seeing a little bit about what they are, were about. And we all, we're all the way up to um, the last five books. We've taken them five at a time. And like I said, it was just a quick overview of them. But we're down, you know, going through, learning that. I'm kind of run through it real quick. Of course, we uh, learned that like the um, first five books were the books of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they were law books, and then we have uh, books that were history, and that's Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and First and Second Samuel, First and Second King, First and Second Chronicles, First and uh, I mean uh, First and Second Chronicles, Israel, Nehemiah, Esther, and then you had the books of wisdom, which was Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, or Song of Songs. Then we have our major prophets, Book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and the Book of Daniel. Then we went to our minor prophets, were not minor because they weren't as popular or weren't as important as the major prophets. It's just that their books were smaller, so they called them the minor prophets. And that's the Book of Hosea, the Book of Joel, the Book of Amos, the Book of Obadiah, the Book of Jonah, 
the book of Micah, the book of Nahum. And now tonight we're on our last five. The 35th book of the Old Testament is the book of Habakkuk. And a little bit about Habakkuk is that um, it says little is known about Habakkuk except that he was a contemporary of Jeremiah and a man of vigorous faith. The book bearing his name contains a dialogue between the prophet and God concerning injustices and suffering. So we learned, uh, you know, a little bit about each prophet and what they, you know, went through. Some of them, you know, were visionaries. Some of them were prophesying different things. Um, And some more than others, some we knew a little bit more about, some we didn't know too much about. Habakkuk is kind of like a book you don't know too much about unless you're really, really, really just into it. But I think it's in, if I'm not not mistaken, Habakkuk 2 is where they say write the vision and make it plain. Brother Andrew, are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Is that Habakkuk 2 where they say write the vision and make it plain? Yeah, 2-2. Okay. All right now. All right now. Thank you. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, it's it's a li- you'd be surprised there a little bit about uh, there something in each book that you may have heard and may not even realize that oh that's where that was. We know about Jonah, about the whale, and different things like that. So it's you know it's interesting and like we uh, I was saying earlier, when you go into the Bible and go into the Word and go into these stories, it's better than Netflix because you see some of the lives of some of the people that God used. You know, they were people just like we were people, and God used them with all their uh, passions and all their inconsistencies, and some with great faith and some with no faith, but he used them for his glory. So that lets us know he can use us. We are, we can, you know, we can be like the 67th book in the Bible because people are looking at our lives and are reading us to see, is, is this thing real? So, Habakkuk is the um Habakkuk is the thirty fifth book of the Old Testament. The thirty sixth book is Zephaniah. And uh Zephaniah has three chapters and fifty three verses. Zephaniah, the prophet Zephaniah, was evidently a person of considerable social standing in Judah and was probably related to the royal line. The intent of the author was to announce to Judah God's approaching judgment. And then there's Haggai. Haggai is the 37th book of the Bible. It has two chapters, 38 verses. Haggai Haggai was a prophet who, along with Zechariah, encouraged the returned exiles to rebuild the temple. His prophecies clearly show the consequences of disobedience. When the people give priority to God and his house, they are blessed. Mm-hmm. And then there's Zechariah. Zechariah. Zechariah is the 38th book of the Old Testament, 14 chapters, 211 verses. Like Jeremiah and Ezekiel, Zechariah was not only a prophet, but also a member of a priestly family. The chief purpose of Zechariah and Haggai was to rebuke the people of Judah and to encourage and motivate them to complete the rebuilding of the temple. 
And that was very important because they knew they had to rebuild that temple, and God gave them instructions on what to do and how to do it. And then we come to the last book in the Old Testament, the 39th book, and that's the book of Malachi, four chapters and 55 verses. Malachi, whose name means my messenger, spoke to the Israelites after their return from exile. The theological message of the book can be summed up in one sentence. The great king will come not only to judge his people, but also to bless and restore them. And that's what Malachi's message is to the people. I remember the scripture come to um, restore the fathers back to the sons and the sons back to the father. So it's a book of rest, uh, restoration. And I thank God for that. And uh, we also, I remember that um, he has healing in his wings in that uh, book also. And different things. So that, so we have gone through the Old Testament books of the Bible. And the next time we meet, we'll start on with the New Testament, a little bit about each book. But uh, we wanted to go over again. We were uh, going over offenses, and we were getting that lesson from John Bevere's book, The Bait of Satan, The Bait of Satan. And uh, right under there it says, Living Free from the Deadly Trap of Offense. So can anybody tell me a little bit about what we went over before? Maybe what the uh, meaning, what the Greek word for offense was? Or anything that you remember about the lesson we went over so far? Can you remember the scripture that we came from? Anybody, that's to anybody. I I remember what we talked about um Okay. Three people have joined the call. So okay. We have Khalil, so Khalil has joined the call. So did um, brother um, Jules. And I don't know who the other person is. If you're new okay. to the call, yeah. All right, but um, I just brother remember Jules and brother Khalil. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and you were saying, uh huh. But I don't know everybody's name. I just see numbers. Okay. Um, well, if you yeah, feel comfortable saying your name, you can. If whoever joined the line, if you want to say your name, you can. If not, that's okay. Well, what I remember about mm-hmm. um, offenses, I love this. Um, I love what you were talking about and just learning more about it. And what you were saying is that basically an offense is bait from the devil. You were saying that they, he uses that as bait. And that one thing mm-hmm. that as believers, uh, we, the one thing that we can um, be assured is that we will be offended. But when that happens, and it's so crazy because ever since you've uh, been talking about this, I myself have been offended. <laughs> mm-hmm. It has to be reminded mm-hmm. about the lesson. <laughs> yeah, <That's> so, <laughs> I have been offended, yes, I have. But I love mm-hmm. it. Um, that's what I love about these Bible studies, man. But, um, yeah, so um, is somebody making, what is this? Let me see what this is. Um, 
might might need to mute yourself. Oh, okay, fine. the reason why... And Lord, Lord, okay. we also, Lord, we also joined the mind as well. Hi, Lord. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hey, Lori. And Lori. Hello. Yeah. And Lori, and Lori can attest to this. We're talking about offenses, Lori. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. You can get on from there right now. I know. And the other thing that we learned, so basically, it was like, as believers, um, we will be offended, and offense is the bait from the devil. And that when we are offended, that is most, it's very important for us to forgive quickly. To forgive mm-hmm. quickly. So that's what that's mm-hmm. what I remember from the lesson. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. You're welcome. Anybody else want to just say anything? Before I move on. Okay, I'm just kinda people, go people, over the people, uh, people just join a line, so you may want to ask the question again. Okay. Um yeah, I was just going over and asking if anybody remembered anything that they uh, from the lessons, previous lessons on offense, we were doing that. So if you had anything that you remembered or wanted to speak on, I was asking you to do it now. Okay, and if anybody new joined and wanted to give their name, they can also do that. This is Sherita Cooper. Hi, how are you? All right, how are you this afternoon? Good, 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 good. Okay, I'm going, okay, I got Sarita's name down there. Again, we're going over to just a a little of the introduction. It says, anyone who has ever trapped animal knows a trap needs one or two things to be successful. It must be hidden in the hope that the animal will stumble upon it and it must be baited to lure the animal into the trap's deadly jaws. Satan, the enemy of our souls, incorporates both these strategies as he lays out his most deceptive and deadly traps. They are both hidden and baited. Satan, along with his cohorts, is not as blatant as many believe. He is subtle and delights in in deception. He is shrewd in his operations, cunning and crafty. Don't forget he can disguise himself as a messenger of light. If we are not trained by the word of God to divide rightly between good and evil, we won't recognize his traps for what they are. And uh, the scripture that we stand on for offenses is Luke 17.1. Has anybody ever been offended besides Jackie and Lori? You can say yes or no. As, as a child of God, you're going to be offended yes. because see, because see, the devil knows exactly. I'm, I'm going to go a little old school. Um, as a oh, child oh. of God, on, on every day you are going to be offended by someone because that's when your faith is going to be tested. Mm. Um. And you have people that say, um, but even in the word, you're not supposed to, I mean, a lot of, especially a lot of the older ones, they'll say, well, you know, you're not supposed to be a doormat. Um, Mm -hmm. You just cannot let everybody um, talk and say what they want to say to you because you're a child of God. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you have saints of God who would just, you know, let that happen. They will be a doormat. Mm -hmm. 
But mm-hmm. and and this is how a lot of of the old saints feel. You know, it was when you are being attacked by the devil. That's when you know that you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. That's when you should really be encouraged to keep mm-hmm. on standing on His word, mm-hmm. because see, because see, the devil knows exactly what your weakness is. The devil mm-hmm. knows what your strength is. So that's why you have to really stand on the word, and like yes, one of the sisters yes. would say, you really have to always have forgiveness. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, that's very good. All right, Lois. All right now. Um. Uh, the scripture that we uh, stand on, the main scripture. We had a lot of scriptures, and I would like you to, if you have your Bibles, turn to mm-hmm. Luke seventeen one. Um, Lois, if, if you would like to read, do you have the King James Version? Are you talking to me? Uh, yes. Do you have the, uh, uh, your Bible with you? <laughs> yes. Okay, you have okay, King James you Version? Yes, I do. Okay, good. Um, Luke 17.1. Uh, uh, Brother Andrew? Because he has the Passion Version. If he's available, I'd oh, like him okay. to get the Passion Version. Which version? Um, uh, Luke seventeen one, uh, and 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 um, uh, can you get Psalms in the Passion Version? I keep forgetting if you. I know some Old Testament it doesn't have. But uh, um. Uh, Lois is getting King James Version. Uh, Jackie, can you get the Amplified? Okay, I got it, Angie. Okay, good. All right, hold that, hold that for a minute. Um, what's the, um, Jackie? What's the, what's the verse again? I'm sorry. Okay, Luke 17, 1. Okay. Okay, and then I want you to get Psalms 55, 12 to 14. In the amplified, and and Nicole, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. If you can get Jeremiah seventeen ten, and um, um, what's oh Lauren? Uh, Lauren? Yeah. Are you oh. still there, Lauren? Yes, ma'am. Lauren? Yes, ma'am. Lauren. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Lauren, Proverbs eighteen nineteen. Proverbs eighteen nineteen. Okay. Yes. And Lori, if you can yeah. get um, uh, Genesis fifty nineteen twenty. And mm-hmm. Nicole, did I get you already? You got Jeremiah, right? Yes. Okay, let me see. Um, Brother Andrew, what did I give you? Did I give you Psalm 55 or somebody else got that? I don't know. Yeah, you 17. You have to be out of Psalms in a passion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, I might have to get that myself. I didn't hear him. Brother uh, Jules, are you there? Yeah, okay. okay, can you get Hebrews 5, 7 to 8? Okay. Hebrews 5, 7 to 
Okay, and I'll 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 let you know. Okay, um, this is a uh, alrighty. That's good. Eleven participant. Praise God. The scripture that we stand on is Luke seventeen one, and um, sometimes people think, "Oh no, not me! I won't. You know, I can't be offended." But the Word of God says in Luke seventeen one, Lois, can you read that? Then said he unto the disciples, "It is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe mm-hmm. unto them, unto him, through mm-hmm. him." They come. Mm-hmm. It was better for him that a millstone was hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea that he shouldn't offend one of the little ones, which means mm-hmm. bring injury to. Take mm-hmm. heed to mm-hmm. yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him, which means confront. And mm. if he trespasses against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again mm-hmm. to thee, but saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him, which is sin. All right. Thank you. That, what did you read? How many verses did you read? One to what? I read one to four. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, so it, it lets you know in the word in 17.1 that offenses will come. So like even Lois said in the beginning, you're going to be offended. If you haven't been offended, get ready. You will be offended because we let you know in the word of God that offenses will come. And the book goes on to say, as you travel across the United States ministering, uh, the, the author of the book, he has been able to observe one of the enemy's most deadly and deceptive traps. It imprisons countless Christians, severes relationships, and widens the existing breaches between us. It is the trap of offense. Um, when you set a trap, when you're a baby, you set it like they said in the beginning, you have the bait and it's hidden. I know my husband, and I told y'all this before, he used to always like to fish, and he would always get his, his, his lures and his worms, and, you know, then he would go buy special little things, and I'd be like, well, if you're going to dig for worms, why are you buying all these other things, like fake worms and stuff like that? He said, well, you know, this one has a little sparkle on it, and it a spark, and the sunlight hit it, and then the fish will see it, and they'll come better, and, you know, like, you know, he was really into that, that he knew what would lure or what would attract the fish to come. And that's how the enemy does. He knows exactly what will attract us, what will uh, set us off, so to speak, what will get us and take us away from the way God wants us to be. So mm. he, that is how he baits his trap with think that thing, you know, he baits, he baits us, and a lot of times we fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. So, as the author writes, many are unable to function properly in their calling because of the wounds and hurts that offenses have caused in their lives. They are handicapped and hindered from fulfilling their full potential. Most often, it is a fellow believer who has hurt them. This causes the offense to feel like a betrayal and feel like a betrayal. Now, who has Psalms 55, 12 to 14? Let me get that. Let me get that out of it. I think that's. Um, I'll, 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 I'll do it. Sister Edge. Well, you said Psalm. You got it in the amplified. 
Yeah. You can do it in the Amplified. Good. Oh, you can go ahead. Oh, I Let got me it. just read this it. last part again. It says, um, it says that um, most often it is a fellow believer who has hurt them. This causes the offense to feel like a betrayal. Go ahead. So that's Psalms 55. Uh-huh, 12 to 14. All right. For it is not an enemy who hurts me, then I could bear it. Nor is the one who has hated me, who insolently exalts himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man my equal and my counsel, my companion and my familiar friend. We who had sweet fellowship together, who walked to the house of God in company, let death come deceitfully upon them. Let them go down alive to Sheol, the another world, the place of the dead. For evil of every kind is in their dwelling and in their hearts and in their midst. As for me, I shall call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Even evening and the morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur, and he will hear my voice. He has redeemed my life in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many against me. Where am I supposed to stop? Okay, just the 14. (laughs) I'm all the way down here. And that's what it's bringing out, the 12 to 14. We want to read that this morning. 12 to 14. For it is not my enemy who taunts me, then Mm -hmm. I can bear it. Nor is the one who has hated me, who insolently exalts himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man my equal and my counsel, my companion and my familiar friend, we who had sweet fellowship together, mm. walk to the house of God and company. There you go. That's mm. right. Thank and you so much. That and that's what it is. That the truth. <laughs> uh-huh. Psalms 55, 12 to 14 lets you know that it will be people close to you a lot of times because people people can hurt you more because they're cl- like because if the person two blocks away you know was to call you a name what difference would it make? you don't know me man lady you don't know me you know they must be crazy but if somebody that you have you know when I say slept with I mean y'all grew up together you were close y'all go to church together you you know you had fellowship together you went on trips together you did you fellowship you ate you gave one another money you you changed you know different things you had close companionship close relationship with these are the people he said if it had been an enemy that had done this to me i could have taken it it wouldn't have bothered me but it was somebody i was close with somebody i was tight with you don't expect that from them you don't expect that from somebody close, and you you know you could you could hire from some somebody you don't know, but somebody who was close with you, it was a man my equal, a sister my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God together. They are those whom we sit and sing alongside, or perhaps it is one who is delivering the sermon. Mm-hmm. 
We spend holidays, attend social functions, and share offices with them, and perhaps even closer. We grew up, confide in, and sleep next to them. The closer the relationship, the more severe the offense. And I know I'm reading these things over and over, but like you say, even after, and especially seemed like the lesson started, the offenses just came boom, bam, boom. And, you know, even today, I could have got very, very upset, but I remember. And not only that, but the the word of the day that came forth this morning, you know, stuck with me, and it's been with me all day. So, you know, it's kind of, so this is how God wants us to operate. And not to say that you always get it right 100% all the time, don't have a fit, but realize, realize, um, like that first words in uh, Romans 8 said, um, and we know this that all things work together. See, and it, but it says, and we know, because if you don't know it, then it won't, you know, it can't work for you. But you got to know that all things work together, the good, the bad, the hurtful things, you know, the uh, the offenses. Is it going to work together for my good? All things work together for my good. So it says these were the closest people, and only the clo- people closer you can hurt you, because if your brother or your sister do something, you know, you'd be like, what, what? a minute. Let's try to get this straight. Let's try to get this right. So it's the ones that we're close to a lot of times. The closer the relationship, the more severe the offense. You find the greatest hatred among people who are who were once close. Attorneys will tell you the most vicious cases are in the divorce courts. The American media constantly report murder in the homes by desperate family members. The home meant to be a shelter of protection provision and grow. And that's like the house of God. It's meant to be that way in the house of God. But a lot of times it's not. But a lot of times you realize it's because someone is not adhering to the word of God. Because if everybody was, then we wouldn't have no problem. But we are people who we are. And sometimes we let things get to us. A lot of times, more than we should, I would say. And I know that for a fact, <laughs> for personal experience. Mm-hmm. The home meant to be a shelter of protection, provision, and growth where we learn to give and receive love is often the very root of our pain. History shows that the bloodiest wars are civil wars, brother against brother, son against father, or father against son. The possibilities of offense are as endless as the list of relationships, no matter how complex or how simple. This truth remains. Only those you care about can hurt you. You expect more from them after all, and you've given more of yourself to them. The higher the expectation, the greater the fall. The selfishness reigns in our society because men and women today look out for themselves to the neglect and hurt of those around them. And in 2 Timothy 3.2, it says, it lets us know that the Bible is very clear. In the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. We expect this in unbelievers, but Paul was not referring to those outside the church. He was talking about those within the church. Many are wounded, hurt and bitter. They are offended. They do not realize that they have fallen into Satan's trap. Is it our fault? Jesus made it clear that it is impossible to live in this world and not have the opportunity to become offended. Yet most believers are shocked, bewildered, and amazed when it happens. Not me. I'm not offended. I'm not upset. Well, they, you know, did you hear what he said about you? Oh, well, don't bother me. It not hurt me. It don't bother me. We believe we're the only ones who have been wrong. This response leaves us vulnerable to a root 
of bitterness, and you don't want that kind of thing growing up and taking hold. You ever see how roots grow around things and, and really just grow around? They'll grow around a fence. They'll grow around wires. They'll entwine themselves all up into everything. And before you know it, you've got a hard time getting those roots off of things. I've seen how these roots grew all up. These, these roots growing all up in my garden. I'm trying to grow some little fruit and vegetables, and these roots and came, and I mean they grew all I had to cut them off my electrical wires. I said, these things are strong. I was trying to pull them up out the ground, and I realized, first I told my grandson, pull these roots up, because I'm looking at them like they just something you can pull up. And he was struggling. I'm like, oh, come on. And I went over there and tried to pull them. And I said, wow, these things are strong. They get down with that's how roots of bitterness can get into us if we allow offenses to come and settle and and we don't even know it that it's building and it's winding around our emotions and our and the way we think and the way we act. Therefore, we must be prepared and armed for offenses because our response determines our future. Now. Um, the Greek word, again, the Greek word for offend in Luke 17, 1 comes from the word scandalon. This word originally referred to the part of the trap to which the bait was attached. Hence, the word signifies laying a trap in someone's way. In the New Testament, it often describes an entrapment used by the enemy. Offense is a tool of the devil to bring people into captivity. Paul instructed young Timothy, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to reach, teach, patient, and humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If Paul, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare or the entrapment of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Those who are in quarrels and opposition fall into a trap and are held prisoner to do the devil's will. There are, uh, no matter what the scenario is, we can divide all offended people into two major categories. Do you remember what those two major categories are? were? Anybody? I remember it's people who have um, been offended and people who, they think that they have been offended, something like that. Right. No matter what the scenario is, we can divide all offended people into two major categories. Number one, those who have been treated unjustly or offended, and those who believe that they have been treated unjustly or offended. People in the second category believe with all their hearts that they have been wronged. Often their conclusions are drawn from inaccurate information or their information is accurate, but their conclusion is distorted. Either way, they hurt and their misunderstanding is darkened. Either way, whether they were really offended or they just thought that somebody mistreated them and they get offended by that. Either way, it's still taking a root in them. So you have to have the heart's true condition. One way the enemy keeps a person in an offended state is to keep the offense hidden. And remember, that's the way he does. He has his trap baited, and he has it hidden. And he has it hidden so we don't see it. We don't see it. It's cloaked in pride, and pride will keep you from admitting your true condition. All righty. Let me see. <coughs> let me see. I don't want to go through the whole book again. 
<coughs> excuse me. But in Revelations 3.18, it says to buy from me gold refined in the fire. <clears throat> refined gold is soft and pliable, free from corrosion and other substances. This is the cure for offenses, <clears throat> to buy God's gold. Revelations 3.18, <clears throat> and refined gold is soft and pliable, free from corrosion or other substances. It is when gold is mixed with other metals, copper, iron, nickel, and so on, that it becomes hard. The mixture is called an alloy. The higher the percentage of foreign metals, the harder the gold becomes. becomes. Immediately, we see the parallel. A pure heart is like gold, salt, tender, and pliable. And Hebrews 3.13, it states that our hearts are hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So like our hearts, God wants us, our hearts, by the gold, by his gold, refined by the fire, and then our hearts will be pure and tender. But if we allow other things to come in and harden our hearts, then we won't have a pure heart. The first step in refining gold is grinding it into a powder and mixing it with substance that's called flux. The mixture is placed in a furnace and melted by intense heat. The alloys and impurities are drawn to the flux and rise to the surface. The gold, which is heavier, remains at the bottom. The impurities or dross, such as copper and iron and zinc, combined with flux, is then removed, yielding a pure metal. Now look at what God says. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Wow, and again, this is you, this is you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's First Peter 1, 6-7. God refines with afflictions, trials, tribulations, the heat of which separates impurity, such as unforgiveness, strife, bitterness, envy, and so on, from the character of God in our lives. Sin easily hides where there is no heat of trials and afflictions. So when we get these opportunities to be offended, it's God's ability, it's God showing us you know, how we can get through this because we're going to, you know, we're going to have to go through some things. But it's our, it's our opportunity then to, to, to rely on the word of God, to pull on what we have known. And that's how God refines us. Oh, my God, because he says we're going to be offended. So what do we do when we are offended? <clears throat> See your true condition. Uh, are you going to, you know, there are people who people have done things to. I mean, really some bad things, too. And um, um, I think I told you about the young lady, and we talked about the young lady uh, that I knew that's a minister now, a pastor, and she was uh, raped by someone in her family. And, um, you know, that's a horrible thing for a young child, young lady to be molested, raped, or whatever, but then by somebody in your family. And then you grow up, and you receive salvation, and you come to know the Lord. And you are so happy in your Christian life, and you are now even a minister. And guess who comes walking through the door? The man that assaulted you and 
missed, took advantage of your youth, took your youthful uh, uh, virginity away, took, took what was not rightfully, took it from you, and you going on with Jesus, you just doing good, and he walks through the door. You not only offended, you hot, you you like, why, why now, Lord? And those were her words. Why did you send him here now? You know, because it was time to deal with it. And God knew it. You know, I would be like, oh, you know, I guess if it would never seen him another day in your life, you'd be good. But God has a way of doing things. And we it looks crazy sometimes to us, but God has a way of doing it. And, yes, he came walking through her church. And, you know, she he came up for prayer and all the different things. And, you know, she felt some type of way, but she knew she had to pray for him. She knew she had to pray for this man. And she prayed for him. And she ministered with him because she was truly a child of God. But she felt some type of way about it because she, you know, told us about it later. But then he came back, you know, not that night, but he came back after that service and that night and apologized for what he did. He apologized and cried and broke down and, so, you know, he apologized for what he did, gave his life to the Lord. And not too long after that, he passed away. So, you know, it was his opportunity, even with what he did. And I don't know if he suffered from that. I don't know how God dealt with him in his life, but he came there. And I believe he came there to repent. And even though he didn't do it that night, yeah, well, he did it that night. She prayed for him or whatever. But he, didn't, he may not have apologized that night. He came back and apologized later, but he gave his life to the Lord. And when he gave his life to the Lord, it wasn't too long after that that he died. And he was, she was able to walk and the uh, 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 freedom of knowing she did what she was supposed to do. And not only that, but he gave his life to the Lord, and he was uh, uh, actually sorry for what he did. So, you know, if she had a held on to that, oh, no, she had every right. It says sometimes people, they say, is it was it a real offense or was it an imaginative? That was a real offense. Somebody really done something to you. But if somebody really do something, do you still have the right to be offended? Do you have the right to be offended when you are actually mistreated and done something? Do you still have the right, or do you only have the right if it's an offense that you think happened? That's a question for anybody and everybody. Do you have the right to be offended, whether it was a true offense or an imagined offense? According to what we heard so far from the Word of God, do you have the right to be offended? Hello. True offense. Um, we're human, so mm-hmm. of course, if so, you know, I can. Of course, you know, like I said, that human side of you will be offended. But mm-hmm. um, back to the pastor that you was um, referring to, um, I believe in my spirit that. Like you were saying, it was meant for him to come there to give his life to Christ and ask her for forgiveness because she, that was a sign for her to know that her living has not been in vain. Mm-hmm. That you look at God, look what God, look what God, look what God did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, you know I mean, it was, it was for her to see that living for God and doing what was holy and righteous in God's eyes, God sees it all. And Mm. God knew that one day that he was going to come there and ask her for forgiveness, and Mm -hmm. he was going to give his life to Christ. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's a testimony right there that really brings tears mm-hmm. to your eyes. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you think God don't see what's happening to you, just like with Joyce Myers. Mm-hmm. You know, when she was mm-hmm. they ended up taking care of her parents until God called them home. So mm-hmm. what was meant for evil, God turned into mm-hmm. good. So you just never know. Exactly. A lot of times you think that God... A lot of times you think that when things is happening to you, nobody cares. God must not love me. If he did, mm. why, isn't, why is he allowing this to happen in my life? There's a reason mm. why. You know, so that, that's, a, that's a testimony that, you know, we all need to take something from. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jesus said our ability to see correctly is another key to being freed from deception. Often when we are offended, we see ourselves as victims and blame those who have hurt us. We justify our bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, envy, and resentment as they surface. Sometimes we even resent those who remind us of others who have hurt us. For this reason, Jesus counseled, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Revelations 3.18, see what? Your true condition. That's the only way we can be zealous and repent as Jesus commanded. Next, you will only repent when you stop blaming other people. Wow, wow. The ability to walk free, the ability to walk free and not see, you know, even though things like that have happened, you know, and, and, and you know, it could, have, it could have built up a... um uh, a, a bitterness inside of her where she wasn't able to be. And like I said, those roots grabbed around her and could have had that um, anger and envy and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness towards him, you know, that could have built up inside of her. And that would only, who would that have hurt more, her or him? Her. Because her. people go on and live their life. We mad at some people for something they have done a year or two ago or whatever, and they going on living their life, and we still holding, holding it. I wanted to go over the definition of, the, of offense. Uh, annoyance or a resentment brought about by a perceived insult or uh, a perceived insult to or disregard for oneself or one's standards or principles. And then I came, and then it says a perceived uh, annoyance or resentment brought about. Annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult to or disregard for oneself or one's standards. And annoyance, the definition for that is the feeling or state of being annoyed, irritation, anger, a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure or hostility, resentment, Feel bitterness or indignation at a circumstance or action or a person. Indignation, anger, or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. Irritation, the state of feeling annoyed, impatient, or slightly angry. Exasperation, a feeling of an intense irritation or annoyance. In most of these definitions, the word feeling and the in most of these definitions, the word feeling, an emotional state or reaction comes up. And that's true. When you say, even just saying those words bring about a sense of making you angry. And that's the way offenses are. They, you're just 
walking around in a sense of, in, in a state of being annoyed and angry and resentment, whether it's you have the right to or, or not, whether it was real or imagined that someone did something against you. You're walking around with these feelings, and this is not what God wants for any of us because these feelings will eat us up from the inside. It's that root of bitterness that will be growing on. And then you will go on to building up walls, building up walls. I have to protect myself. In a way, when somebody is especially in a state of, like, being molested, I believe you start to build up walls. I got to protect myself from this. Or not not even being molested. Somebody hurts you. Somebody hurts your feelings. Every time you reach out, they they do something to you. And you have to build up walls. You start building up walls. You know, I got to protect myself because if I don't, no, who else will? I got to keep myself from being hurt. I can't allow myself to be hurt. That hurt too bad. to be hurt. It's not good to be hurt. So you start to build up these walls, and then these walls become strongholds. These strongholds become things that you won't let, not only uh, the, the, the things that you're trying to protect yourself from hurt, you won't let good things come in. Because you start to build up these walls where now you got to protect yourself instead of let, allowing God to heal and soothe and make things right in your life where you can and realize, you know, it, it, it's a, it was an old saying out that I can't, I can't even remember how it goes. But in or, when, you, when you fall in love with somebody, you, your, 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 uh, your walls come down. Your walls come down. You're all in love. You all, you know, you feel you just love the way when somebody, you know, oh, he's going to call me at 9 o'clock or she's going to call me at 9 o'clock. We're going to meet for lunch. You know, that, that's just, just a feeling of, uh, of just exuberance and, you know, vulnerability because you have let your walls come down and allowed somebody to come into your life, and you just feel happy that they're there. And then something happens. You, you, you find out that they misled you. They're not the person they said they were. They, the trust you had in them is now gone because they misled you. They lied about who they were. They lied. Maybe they had a family, and you, you thought they were single. And, and, and then, you know, this hurt comes up, and you're like, I'm never going to let this happen again. But if you never allow yourself to be vulnerable, you will never feel the uh, uh, feeling of love. You won't know what it's like to feel love again because you've decided I'm not going to let it happen to me again. And that's not how God wants us because God wants us to be able to be, uh, have a feeling and have the, he said, I'm, I'm able to feel the infirmities of you, the people that he, the, the, of us. He said, I'm not like the high priest that I can't understand what you're going through. I'm able, because I have been where you are. I'm able to feel your infirmities. and your, I'm not like the high priest, like these other high priests to sit up high and don't look low. He said, I walked among you. I've been with you. I know how it is. I feel what you feel. And you can't do that. We can't do that for others and help others if we close ourselves off and block out and build the walls and get, nope, I don't have to worry about it. And if we're doing that, then we don't believe God can do it. We don't believe God can heal. We don't believe God can make things right. We're doing it on our own, and that's not God's intended way. Oh, I didn't shut the book. Where was I? <laughs> Anybody have any comments? Anybody have anything to say? Or I'm coming to y'all with the scriptures. <laughs> Is there nobody else has anything? Okay, we read Psalms 55. Jeremiah 17.10. Nicole. Jeremiah 17.10. Jeremiah 17.10. Jeremiah 17.10. Jeremiah 17.10. Jeremiah 17.10. Jeremiah 17.10. Jeremi
I remember Nicole had that one. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, I do. Jeremiah 17.10. I'm reading the NIV. And it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind mm. to reward, reward each person according to their conduct, according mm. to their deep deserved deserved. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you read that one more time? Yes, I will. Mm-hmm. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to, re- to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's according to what our deeds deserve. My, he he. Think, can you read it one more time, Nicole? <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I've read it a few times too. <laughs> the Lord searched the heart and examined mm-hmm. the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according mm. to what their deeds deserve. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. He is examining our secret motives. Mm-mm-mm. He searches our hearts and examining our secret. Nobody else don't don't know how we think and how we feel, but God knows, and He gives all people their true rewards, their due rewards. Oh my God, oh my God! According to our deeds that we deserve, Lord have mercy. You know, I want. I, I fall on the mercy of God and cry out for the mercy of God all the time. And, I, you know, I cry out for, you know, but we want mercy when we cut up. When we cut up, you know, like Beyonce said, we're going to cut up tonight and people cut up. But we want to fall on the mercy of God and call for the mercy of God when we do it. And But he knows our hearts. But then when somebody does something to us, oh, we you know, we ready to, oh, you know, we, you know I can't, uh-uh, no, I can't. But yet and still, we want that mercy, and God knows our hearts and everything. We don't really know. We may think we know, and we can look at how people act and see some of the things they do and really think we know why they're doing it or how they're doing it. But only God knows the hearts. And God is going to reward us according to, oh, my God, according to the actions that we deserve, according to what actions we deserve or what our deeds are. Oh, my God, you know, if he's recording us, accord, rewarding us according to what we deserve, what do we really deserve? You know, the mercy. That's all I can say I deserve, and I want his mercy. So if I want his mercy, I have to have mercy for somebody else. I have to cry out for mercy for others, even when I don't understand it, even like I believe that pastor cried out for mercy for that one that assaulted her. You know, when she didn't understand and didn't know why God was allowing this to happen. And even like you said, Lois with Joyce Myers, wondered why her mom allowed it to happen. I remember her telling that story. She asked her, why did you allow that to happen? And her, you know, she could have, there are people walking around now offended and hurt because things happen. I mean, if something like that happened to you, a child, and it has happened to a you walking. we're looking at people walking around here that are walking wounded. Hurt people hurt people. That's a saying, and we know it, but maybe we can get a little more understanding of it now. You've been walking around, and something has happened to you that almost break your spirit and break your soul. 
and you don't have the love of God that has healed you from it or, or the love of God and a psychiatrist or whatever, but something the love of God can only do more than any psychiatrist or therapist. But if you haven't had that touch of a loving God to come in and change, you are walking around here just hurt and wounded, almost like a zombie. You don't want nobody to hurt you. So you build up such a wall, and now you won't uh, let you, you – and you walk around and we wonder how people can – hurt people the way they do and not look like they're offended or touched by it at all. I was coming home last night in a in an Uber. A young man was very nice. And you know, you get I get some Uber drivers that are nice, some of them not so much. <laughs> but this one he talked all the way that he was one of the nice his name was Angelo. And uh, you know, he says very not very I get too uh angel I, I'm an angel and you and I said, That's right, we certainly are <laughs> And you know we talk, and he talked about his. He talked about his heart for the young black men, how it just breaks his heart. And he knew one had gotten to his cat. I mean, the Uber thing one night, and and the way he was telling the story, the way the guy was covered up, and he just asked him, "Could you please?" You know, he was covered up so much, all you could see with his eyes, his hood, the mask. He said, "Would you please just, you know." You need to take the mask off or the hood one or another because I can't, you know. And the guy just sat there quietly and never said anything. But he went on. He was like, okay, my brother. You know, he just kept talking to him, kept talking to him in a nice voice. And when he got to the destination, the young man got out. And he just said, yo, young brother. You know, he just said, I love you, man. I love you. He said the young man just stood there and looked at him for a while. And then he just turned away and walked away. I believe that that young man had bad intentions, but I believe that the way he talked to him and the way he, uh, uh, you know, he just expressed some things to him turned him around. You'd be surprised how just the, the something you can say or something you don't say or something sometimes you just be there with a person and let them express themselves. And maybe sometime God will give you a word to say and sometime maybe not. But you just be there for a person and let them cry out and let them spill out their heart. Sometimes it makes all the difference in the world. And uh, I don't even know where I was going with that story there. But, uh, uh, you know, just to say that God knows our heart. God will reward us according to our deeds. And if that's that's true, and it is because it is the word, <clears throat> we want we want us to be we want to be rewarded for something that we can be we want to be rewarded for something that where we help somebody else or where we were there to do uh uh something that can uplift somebody else at the time when they really needed it <clears throat> and i just wanted to ask this um bait food used to entice fish or other animals as prey and that's uh, how the enemy, you know, he uses that uh, offense, things that have hurt us, things where we can hold and shut things down and uses that as his bait to get us into uh, uh, being where we are uh, just building up these walls and strongholds that build up things against us. And he's, he's just so happy with that. But we want to break those walls down, and we don't want to live. We want to live free from the deadly trap of offense. And offense is the bait that Satan uses to trap uh, people. Impossible to avoid, but possible to overcome. Um, did I give somebody Matthew twenty-four, ten to thirteen? If not, is Brother Andrew still there? Brother Jules, man, I can't believe it's nine thirteen. Wow, you've been 
been talking for a while. Sure. Who's that? Brother Jules. Hey, Brother Jules. How you doing? Good. Uh, what scripture did I give you? Uh, Hebrews 13. Hebrews, Hebrews 13? Oh, oh, five. Oh, Hebrews 5. Okay. Okay. All righty. Could you get Hebrew, I mean, could you get Proverbs 18, 19, or did I give that to somebody else? Who did I give Proverbs 18, 19 to? Lauren. Laurie. Laurie, I gave Laurie Genesis. Lauren. Lauren, you still there? Okay. Well, Brother Jules, could you do Proverbs 18, 19? A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the the bars the bar gates of a citadel. Mm. Could you read that one more time? What version is that? Uh, NIV. A brother okay. wronged or a brother wronged is is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes mm. are like the bar gates of a citadel. Hmm. Proverbs eighteen nineteen, and in the King James version, it says a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And you know, then it talks about those bars. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that, brother Jules? Yeah, a brother wrong is more unyielding than a uh, fortified city. Hmm. Like he he. <laughs> A brother that's like that's wronged, that's really offended, that's really fully like uh, apprehensive to something. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer to something. Mm-hmm. It's he, it's a fence around him. Like mm-hmm. there's a, yeah. a basically a, the fence that he experienced. And this is I'm glad they said brother because a lot of times like men. We don't we don't express ourselves outwardly mm. like women like women do, but mm. we we express our uh, our emotions, our deepest emotions by how we what we don't accept or what, how mm. we how we draw back into our uh, our uh, like a turtle like a going back in our shell. We kind of we mm. kind of get we put up a wall around us, you know what I'm saying? So we can't let the good or the bad in. So that's how you know when some people are really offended, when they just become sheltered, like, Mm. or, you know, and it's, 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 it's very, it's, it's really, um, it's really a good verse right there. I I love that it kind of spoke to a a man's, Mm. uh, because it's just one thing about it and a fence can really put a fence around you. Yeah. A fence with no gate, a fence Mm. with no gate just straight fences, mm. straight straight dog ear fences, no gaps in it or nothing, just straight mm. stuff in there. And now you can't you can't let the good or the bad in. Mm. Wow. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Brother Jules. And I have next to that isolation. Isolation. So they kind of like isolate isolate themselves and, and pull and that's where the enemy wants and that's when he can bring in 
all his stuff and you know, the false prophets. I think one of the scriptures that talks about bringing in false prophets and how you so easily fall for that is because you've isolated yourself and got away from the truth. And then you can bring, and then he said, like ravening wolves, he brings in these false prophets and leads leads people away. So wow, thank you. That that was that was good. Why? And this goes out to anyone. Why do you think people don't admit or don't realize that they are offended? And that's to anybody. Why do you think that people don't realize that they are offended? Because they okay. don't have conscience. Okay, I didn't hear. Who's who's that? It's Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Mhm. Mm-hmm. They don't have. Okay, you can answer that again. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They don't have self conscience, and um, they're they're they're. Guilty about themselves. Wow. They don't have self-confidence and guilty about themselves. Okay. You, Anybody else? You asked, you asked if, uh, how do how do people know if they're offended or how do people why, what, what, he, why, yeah, what keeps people from realizing or admitting that they are offended? Pride. Um, uh, there you I, go. Pride, that's one of them. Uh-huh. What are you saying? Or like when you, you, like when you see a boxer in the ring, right? And you mm-hmm. see that boxer so hard that he goes in the days, right? You can mm. tell you can physically tell this person is like impaired in some way, shape, or form when he get hit. And I use that example to say, a lot of times we don't understand that we're offended or we're in a state of offense because we've been hit so much by offenses mm. that. You know, we've been, we've been, it's like we, we, we built up a, a, a tolerance for dealing with uh, being disrespected and stuff like that, that sometimes mm. we, we develop a, a apologetic um, state about ourselves. Like we, we walk around with that apologetic look on our face whenever mm. offenses come, stuff like that. So we just get okay. used to getting hit all the time, hit all the time, hit all the time. And then we just, we don't even know when it's happening, you know what I'm saying? And mm. we bit of a tolerance for it. Okay. I think that one would go Pardon? under perspective. Now, I do have pride is one of the reasons. Um, denial. Perspective. Denial. 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 Okay. Denial. Denial. What else is there? Blaming. When uh, you're constantly blaming. You're constantly blaming. Blaming others. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A victim mindset. They're immune to what they did. Uh, You said a system mindset? Victim. Being a victim. Victim mindset. Okay. Mm -hmm. Victim mindset. That also, I believe, would go into perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay. And somebody else said something else? Like when you're resentful, you're resentful. You're not holding on to Mm -hmm. resentment. Yeah. Oh, these are good. Mm Mm-hmm. They set mm-hmm. in their ways. Set in their ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pain. All right. Huh? Okay. 
All right. Okay, we do read Jeremiah 10 to 17.10. All right, very good, very good, very good. To forgive is to set a prisoner free, only to discover that that prisoner was me. Isn't that something? To forgive is to set a prisoner free, only to discover that the prisoner was me. Mm-mm-mm. Last time we read about uh, 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 the fruit of offenses. Did anybody remember one of them? Any of them? There are nine. Just like they fruits of the spirit, there are fruits of the spirit. There are fruits that come from being offended. Do anybody remember any of them? I think of tolerance. Say it again. Tolerance. Tolerance is a fruit of offense. Well, they is they, that what you're they, saying? They come to um they come to offense on everything. Um, they're um like um. They don't have no fault on in in anything. They're mm. right. They're right. They don't. They don't know if they right or wrong. They play, um, mm. they play the victim all the time. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, Laurie, can you read Genesis fifty? Thank you, Stephanie. Genesis fifty. 19, yeah. um, let me see, wait a minute, let me see, yeah, just start, Um, just read the first five verses in Genesis 19. Genesis 50, right? Genesis 50, yeah. 19, all right. Um, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me but God intended it all for good. Mm-hmm. So all brought, right. And he brought me to this 20, position 20. so I could save the lives. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. NLT. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Can you read it again? Genesis 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this Mm -hmm. position so I could save the lives of many people. No, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured Mm -hmm. them by speaking kindly to them. Wow. Mm. And that, you know, that's the story of uh, Joseph and how his brothers... And, you know, the whole story in Genesis there is, you know, how they sold their own brother into slavery. And we talked about the the lady that was the minister. But, you know, you wonder, how could this happen to me? How could this happen to me? I'm doing everything I know to do right. And this had his own brother sold him into slavery and wanted to kill him, but they didn't. One of the other brothers said, no, let's not do this. And, And it all started with a dream that he had. It all started with a dream that he had, and it has looked like his life just went down here. But because of that dream, because of that vision, that dream that he had, and Brother Andrew there, is Brother Andrew still there? Well, anyway, because of that, 
You there? Hey, Brother Andrew. Mm -hmm. Because of that dream that Joseph had, uh, that that dream, and I know it was, it looked like it wasn't ever going to come true, but it was that dream and his ability to dream and vision that he had that got him into the trouble, and it was also the same dreams that he was able to uh, uh, experience and tell others about is what got him out of trouble, the God-given visions and dreams that he had. Could you elaborate a little bit on that, maybe, Brother Andrew, about going through something where God has given you a vision or a dream and it looked like, you know, a sense that I know, you know, like we talked about, it's the people that's close to you that hurt you sometimes. And it was his own brothers that sent him and put him in the well and wanted to kill him and put him in the ditch. So can you elaborate on that a little bit, how, how this could happen to me and the offenses that come, but the vision that God gave you and it was still come out all right, if, if I'm making myself clear a little bit. I'm not, I'm not really sure what you want me to do. You want me to tell you the story of Joseph? I want you to tell me that story about, just elaborate on it, how it could be, how what looked like it's not going to turn out right can turn out right when you stick with your vision, even in the midst of adversity and stuff. Yeah, I know in Joseph's case, he didn't really mm-hmm. understand his vision like that, for real. Um, yeah. He thought it meant one thing, but it really was, he thought it meant everybody was going to bow down to him, but in reality, he was really serving them. But it was interesting how his vision led him to a whole journey. Everything he had to mm-hmm. go through before he got to that point was crazy. Like, he went to jail, he went to a pit, um, he got falsely accused of rape, but in the end... God had a plan for him the whole time. Um, but, yeah, I'm not even sure how he stuck to his vision. It just came to pass. He really mm. just went wherever he was led. You know what I mean? Like he got thrown in the pit against his own will. Mm. He got thrown in the jail against his own will. But luckily, by the grace of God, he had an opportunity to use that gift, which was his ability to dream, to interpret somebody's mm. dreams. He kept having favor every step of the way even though it seemed like he wasn't favored, like getting thrown into a pit and sold for mm-hmm. what was it, 20 shekels or something and then um, getting accused of making a pass at, at Potiphar's wife, I think. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he just had a crazy life. But in the end, he ended up being like Jesus, like the like – the, He's like the first Jesus kind of on the low. Like he's like a foreshadowing of Jesus in the Bible where he's like the number two. He's like really like in charge of everything and only answers to the king. Of, mm-hmm. But um, he's really the one that serves everybody and makes sure everybody's straight. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus got sold for 30, like sold out by Judas for 30 shekels. There's a lot of mm-hmm. similarities. And they both were obedient mm-hmm. the whole time they knew what they were called to do. Um, interesting parallels mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes it's, it's tough when you have a vision to try to hold mm-hmm. on to it because it might take a long time to come to pass. Like, I think mm-hmm. Abraham was, was pro- thought he was going to have a kid for a long time, but he didn't get it till he was like 90. So mm-hmm. you just got to believe mm-hmm. God anyway. Mm-mm-mm. Who sent Joseph? 
who sent him? Mm-hmm. Who sent Send Joseph? Uh, huh? Who sent him where? Who sent him on his journey? Was it his brothers or was it God? It was God. That's for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? It, was really, it was it was God, but the brothers yeah. played their part. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's almost like I was hearing somebody say something. I think it was T D Jakes yesterday. I was watching something. He said, "Was it T D? I don't know if it was T D Jakes. It's somebody." And he was talking about your. And no, it wasn't. It was a uh, um, Roosevelt. He was saying how your enemies are your footstools, and people are like. He was like explaining what that means. I make your enemies your footstools, and he's like, well, "What do you need a footstool for?" And he's like, sometimes you can't reach up to the level you're trying to reach without a footstool. And sometimes your enemies are the people that usher you into that next level of your situation. So, like, Judas was wow. Jesus' footstool. Like, his betrayal mm-hmm. helped usher Jesus into something, into something. Like, same kind of thing with Job was saying, like, the enemy meant it for evil. Like, the brothers meant it for evil when they threw him in the pit. The, mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean? The, the, the dude's uh-huh. wife meant it for evil when she had him sent to jail. Everybody, but they kept making him, putting him closer and closer to where he was going. So it was all bringing him to, into his destiny. Mm. All right, all right, all right, all right. 25, He called for a famine in the land. This is uh, Psalms 105, 16. He called for a famine in the land of Canaan cutting off its food supply. He sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. That's that's what we was talking about. That's what I was saying. Who sent him? God sent him. <laughs> that was good. I like the way you brought that out. God sent him. It was, it, it was his original plan, and it's always his original plan with us, you know, the, the, the ins and outs, the things that we go through, the offenses that will come up. The the, the 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 doubt that sometimes may come up in our lives, that things that would look like uh, this is not the dream or the vision that I had. This is not what I thought. This is not how I thought it would be. But these things come up. But we got to remember, it's God who is still in control. He's still in control of our lives. And even as we started off this morning talking about um, in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that God works all things. i got to get that again. And then even Genesis 50, I believe she used that. What God, uh, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. His brothers meant things for evil, but God meant it for good because it was always his original plan. It was always his original plan. And God's plans for us are, as Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God's plans for us are good to give us hope and an expected end. So however the past we got to go through, the different things we go through, God's plan for us is good if we can just continually trust him. And I don't say that as a teacher who has arrived or anything like that. I say that as somebody who goes through the, go through the valley and go through it, the past, and, and, and pray I make the right decisions at each and every turn. Does anybody else have any? Comments, questions, or anything? Did anybody get anything tonight? I know we've kind of gone over this over and over, but did you get anything different or get anything out of it? 
have a comment. I was thinking uh-huh. about. I was thinking about. Um, hey, Jackie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, I was thinking about um, an incident, something. I, my my brother's a social worker, and he works with a lot of people. When you were talking about molestation, and um, mm-hmm. I had a question for him about something because somebody, you know, I talked to a lot of people, and somebody had, you know, issue. Um, and so he sent me over these videos that he sends people who go through molestation. So what I learned is that, um, and I'll try to make it quick, you know, I'm long-winded, but what I learned is that most people who, when they're, molest- when they're molested, um, it's like 80% of the time um, their parents or, like, their mom knows about it, and they, like, sort of um, are in denial about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, or, like, they stay mm-hmm. with the people. So um, I, um, I know of an incident, and I was just thinking about what you were saying about offenses and how you were saying how, um, you know, and about forgiveness and about um, the thing that you were saying about about offenses. So the particular thing that I was watching, the young lady who her father had molested her, she said, um, it's a video my brother sent me, right? So mm-hmm. the young lady said that her father had molested her, I forget, from like, I don't know, like nine until she was like 18 or something like that or whatever. And, she, mm-hmm. and it looked like they had a perfect family. Like she was in, like she was like the um, homecoming queen, you know, and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But when she, but she went through, but she was talking about how, of course, um, she lived in denial for a long time. And it's not like she had a perfect life. Then she just crashed, had a nervous breakdown. And when she went to... Um, mm-hmm like therapy and everything, basically the truth came out about her molestation and things of that nature. Now, in her healing process, the thing Mm -hmm. that hurt her the most was that, so she was told to confront her mom because her mom knew about it. Mm. And her mom basically would not apologize to her, would not acknowledge her pain, you know. So she, Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is that it's crazy because she was so offended by her mom basically not acknowledging the truth about what happened. And it's just like if her mom, and, and so she held on to these, like she held on to it so much that it caused all these different things to happen in her life. But if her mom would have just acknowledged and apologized, and, um, mm. that she could have forgiven her mom and had it like released, like had just a, like this um, weight lifted from her. But it's just mm-hmm. like her life was like in bondage. Because of not necessarily what her daddy did to her, but because of the reaction of her mom, not um, you know, basically um, right, right, being yeah. you know. Right. So anyway, when you were talking about a when I was I was thinking about that when you were just talking about offenses and like how it's the thing is it's like um, you know, just how it is just well maybe I I should have said it because I forgot, <laughs> but I was just thinking about how. It just really has like a hold over your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if yeah, you're not yeah. able to forgive or whatever, yeah. and really and truly, um, you know how the other party, like her mom, like the hold it has over her. Her mom probably would have had a better life and had more peace in her life had she allowed yeah. herself to be vulnerable. You know. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. You know, and listen to her daughter, and but like, you know what? I apologize. I knew, you know, or whatever. But because mm-hmm. she did not, 
they both continue to have their sense over their life and, and you know, you know what goes along with that, alcoholism, you know what I mean? Right, Depression right. And stuff like that. But I was thinking that had her oh mom God. just acknowledged her feelings, then she would have been able to forgive her mom and she would, they both would have been released from, you know, those things that cause them, you know, the, you know, to cause them to go down that dark path like that. But the particular lady was able to get on with her life because she had to work to her stuff. But I'm just saying, yeah. it's like such a hold. You know what I mean? Right, right, and, right. Let's say one more other thing, and that's where I make this one short. I always mm-hmm. think about how great God love is because we serve a God yeah. that says that we have to forgive the person who molested us. Mm. You know, I always mm-hmm. say, that, like, mm-hmm. you know, according to the world, it doesn't make sense. Right. But we serve a God. Mm-hmm. His love is so dope. It's so big. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing that we have to forgive the person who offended us. To the, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, even a person who molests us. And I was thinking about the story that you said about your um, cousin, because guess what? Your forgiveness could save a life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your saving could save her forgiveness. You know, allow him to be saved and save his mm-hmm. life. So the thing mm-hmm. about how big God love is for us that we really can't even comprehend that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think about a few things from what you said. It was pretty eye opening. Um, one of the first thing I thought about was um, like really the um the girl. While it would have been nice for her mom to offer her that apology she still had the ability to walk in forgiveness and, and, and be free. And, and it makes me think about that um, that saying that people say, like, holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to be affected by it. It's mm-hmm. like forgiveness is really for you because when you hold mm-hmm. on to unforgiveness, it really rots you. And that's why it's so dope. Like Jesus' model prayer, forgive us. I love the version, the translation that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that person does owe you an apology, right? That is owed to you. That's a debt that they mm-hmm. owe you. But Jesus says, like, yo, forgive those that owe you things just like I forgive those that owe me things because y'all mm-hmm. owe me your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your sin was supposed mm-hmm. to result in, in death. And you were forgiven. You didn't have to pay what you mm-hmm. owed. So don't require them to give you what you what what they right. owe you in order for you to walk in freedom. You can walk in freedom from that now. And it's crazy. I'm so glad you brought it up because I feel like right now I'm like doing the same exact thing. Like somebody offended me, and I'm not even like I quote unquote forgave them for what they did, but I'm like mm. still holding on to unforgiveness because they don't realize they were wrong. <laughs> like I'm like mm. I forgive you for what you did, but I still don't like that you think it was okay. You know what I mean? It's like I'm like mad about the apology. I feel like I'm old, or the remorse. You know what I mean? It's like I, I'm saying I forgave you, but part of me is like not really forgiving you because I still feel like I'm owed something. And I think what, what the Bible challenges us to do, what Jesus challenges us to do, what in order to have peace. We have to, in wisdom, be like, yo, what do I look like making my peace, putting my peace in your hands? If right. you choose to give me an apology, then I'll have peace? That's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I gave you all the power over my life when I could mm-hmm. be like, you know what? 
I'm going to release you from that, from that debt and be like, nah, mm. you're good. It is what it is. If you ever give me one, cool. If you don't, I'm still cool. I'm letting mm. go of it for real so that I can thrive and, and move forward and be blessed because you mess around holding on to a root of bitterness mm-hmm. will paralyze and cripple you. It'll sabotage you. You won't have peace. You can't right. what God has for you. You can't be effective because you're holding on. Like I said, you're drinking the poison, and you think you're holding it over their head, but you're drinking it. Mm-hmm. It's poisoning you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right about. It. I wanted to say just a. I wanted to say because I was just thinking about another situation too. What a young this young lady who was in the same situation as this is. And she's, you know, holding on to the bitterness. She started drinking, and she's having all of these problems, you know, like and it's like what you know he said about you're drinking the drinking the poison, thinking somebody, you know, however saying go for, you know, drink the, mm-hmm. you know, um. But this particular situation, when I'm thinking about the particular young lady, um, she went through the same thing, and she's pissed off at her mom, and um, so but she's drinking, you know, she's spazzing out, you know what I mean, or whatever. And she's having all these problems, and so when I'm look and I'm thinking about her situation, this is something. This is a different situation. Think about her situation. It's like wow, because she would even though her mom may well her mom this particular situation, her mom actually did acknowledge her hurt and acknowledge her pain, but it's just like she still sort of like well I didn't have proof, you know whatever, but acknowledge her heart, acknowledge her pain and ask for forgiveness. But because she didn't get what she wanted from her mom, she's been drinking every now and then because of her mother out. And I was just thinking about her life. I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, that's crazy. She went through that thing and she got hurt. But now she's hurting and her life is all messed up. She keeps having all these, like, different bad things happen to her as a result of her um, habits now to get over the pain. Because And I was, and the thing, the, re- the reality is that she would just, if she actually were forgive. And accept the um, apology, and then she wouldn't be, you know, held down with all of that negative. You know, she wouldn't be drinking the poison, if you will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got another thing I was thinking about too. When you talk about the mom, the one that wasn't willing to acknowledge it, I think mm-hmm. a lot of times that comes just from a deep level of shame that's masquerading mm-hmm. as pride. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. pride flares up to protect you from something you're so right. ashamed of. You don't even want to admit mm-hmm. it to yourself. So you just walk exactly. around like, no, I wasn't wrong, or that didn't even happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you right. lie to yourself to not feel so terrible when the crazy right. thing is you can just acknowledge, like, man, I'm, I missed the mark there. I, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Of course I didn't want you to go through that pain. I wish I would have noticed. Maybe I didn't want to see. Maybe I was too insecure. Maybe I was afraid mm-hmm. of losing them. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm just mm-hmm. sorry. I, I, I really let you down, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Please forgive me. And mm-hmm. it's like that would be so healing for everybody, but, so, yeah. like, you know what I mean? That kind of pain, you don't want to face it for real sometimes. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's definitely true. I believe that, that that would have to admit that there were things that weren't right inside of you, you know, whether it's something you didn't do or something that sometimes people just can't face that, you know, they, they rather just, just pull the wool over it like it never happened. And that's the most, I think one of the most devastating things. Cause um, Jackie, you met my cousin Rochelle. She worked in like social work and so many young ladies would come in with the story 
of how their mom chose their boyfriend over them put you out the house because if it came up that it was a molestation going on, the man would have to leave or the child would have to leave. And can you imagine that when your child, you put your child out, you know, over a man to, oh, my God, it's just, and you know, that can just spiral into all kind of, you know, things. That's why it's so important. It's it's just so important that that we have the word because we we are walking, we're meeting these people. We're going to be associating with these people that are so broken and so hurt in their lives. And, and we may have a word. I'm sure we, we we are the ones that they're looking for. When we run into them, it's not by happenstance that we're running into these these type people. And uh, some of us more than others, runners look like, you know, sometimes look, from what I hear, it's like you've got a sign on your head. Why do they keep running at me? It's because you have some answers that they may need, that they need, that can help them get through things. You know, I just remember the young lady you brought on the line that gave her testimony, the different things that was going on in her life, you know. Mm-hmm. We had an opportunity to pour something into her, and we're so glad about that. And it's going to be more. It's going to be more and more because the world is hurting. And there's so many people that have gone through so many things, just losses, just uh, unloved, this not being. And like, like a lot of times I say, I can't even imagine. My mother wasn't the most huggiest, loviest person in the world. But, you know, she would do some little thing that I know she loved me. She would put, you know, rub your head or something like that or button up. You Come here, child. Let me button this up for you. Put the scarf on. Some little things that she did was her, her, her way of reaching out and touch. She wouldn't just come in and say, Gary, come here, give me a hug or give me a kiss. But can you imagine the people that don't even have somebody put you over a side as a baby? And one of the things a baby needs uh, besides the milk and stuff like that, is to be held, is to be loved, is to be nourished. And there are people who have grown up without the loving touch of anybody, but uh, a molestation was the only touch they had or abuse of nature was the only touch that they have had. And then, you know, then they just gone out into the world fragmented. But God has a plan, even for these things, because it wasn't his plan for that to happen, but it happened, the things that they've gone through, even like Joseph, even like some of us have gone through. God has a plan to bring us out and bring us out victoriously, and not only us out, but all those others, and we can reach back and get others. Yeah. I just have one more comment on the other mm-hmm. side of the spectrum of what I was just saying. I literally had a conversation maybe two days ago with somebody who was telling me how somebody that they knew was molested by a family member. But the family mm-hmm. member came back to them and apologized for, you know, like mm-hmm. years later or whatever. They, they, just like your situation, they saved now and all of that. But the ironic mm-hmm. thing is, like, they're the best of friends now. I thought that was mm-hmm. so interesting. And it was a young wow, lady. that's truly really healing. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a young lady. She wasn't molested. Well, she was molested, but what happened was she was raped by a family member, like, one time. But now mm-hmm. the person is a deacon in the church and all of this stuff, and he literally came back to her, acknowledged what mm-hmm. he had did, and apologized. And, like, mm-hmm. the person was telling me the story. was like, like, how crazy is that that they are friends now? But that's what mm-hmm. we talk about. That's the power of forgiveness. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Praise God. Mm. I, I, it was one more verse that I wish um, I know we didn't touch on, but I think it's very uh, relevant. 
right? Uh, Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the ESV, right? So mm-hmm. I think this, when I, when I was thinking about this verse, I was thinking about how it stages to getting past the fence. And um, mm-hmm. I leave out the lies. So I just, you know, a lot of times we get all this information, we get all these stories, we get all these testimonies, but we don't have practical things to walk out life when it comes to the topic that's at hand you know sometimes we just don't know how we're gonna you know what i'm saying gather all this information and implement it in our lives so here goes matthew mm-hmm. 18 17 right <clears throat> so it says if your brother sins against you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Mm-hmm. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So... What I'm saying is sometimes when you're offended, you have to address it head on, you know, mm-hmm. let it be, you know, pray about it and let it, you know, let it be, you know, go ahead, go ahead on with it. Let it be known that I didn't like what happened. And, you know, you got to, you got to set something straight, whether that's 20 years down the road, 10 years down the road, sometimes you just got to let it be known, you know what I mean? And just use discernment on how to approach said offense. And sometimes you might have to, you know, to speak to somebody who's effective in that area, like keyword effective in that area. So you see when you look at someone in your life and you're like, okay, I got a, I got a woman in my life, Mother Angela. She's, oh, she, she's somebody I envy because she's so even-tempered. She's so, uh, she tells me about, I, told, I know everything about her life, and I, she told me about situations that she can relate to the situation I'm going through, the offense I've incurred. She told me about things that happened in her life that correlate. So let me speak to her, and maybe she can be like a counselor. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might need Ayala fits my life. Mm-hmm. You, might you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You tell me stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's another way mm-hmm. to move past. Or you can just bring it to the church, you know what I'm saying? And then maybe even uh, you get some intercession. You know, maybe, maybe you know, so the person that offended you might be susceptible or might be uh, a person that would accept spiritual help. So he's in the church, she's in the church, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So y'all could, y'all kind of like, you know what I'm saying, can correlate with that. But then sometimes, mm. sometimes you might have to just leave it alone, right? Sometimes you mm. just got to have to, you might have to back up. And if and if you look at um, Philemon 1, and if you look at how Paul interceded for one simon, one, one, one missimus, and he told uh he told one, one he he wrote a letter to um, a man, and he was saying that Paul, he was saying that accept one one isthmus back inside of your home as a as a brother, and then if it's anything that he owes you, charge it to me. So sometimes God will send a Moses to get you out of your situation, or sometimes he'll he'll let the situation play out and he'll have an interceder for you like Joseph. Or sometimes he'll just give you strength in the battle like David. 
so what I'm saying is if you if you're experiencing some type of offense, don't let it take root, like Mother Angela said. Don't let it take root inside of you. Don't just let it, it it's gonna be inside of you, of course, it's gonna be a memory, but you don't have to let it take root and strangle a lot of different characteristic straight or characteristic traits about yourself. You don't have to let those roots choke out your destiny, choke out your mm. peace, choke out your, mm. your yeah. mindset, choke out your opportunities. You don't have to mm. let the roots take a root and strangle opportunities because you don't know how to handle your emotions because of, because every time somebody offends you, it's like a, they, they, um, they pull a trigger on you. You mm. don't have to let offenses become triggers. So sometimes you have to address it to the Lord intercede about it, talk to a pastor, talk to somebody, let it out of you. Sometimes it, it's better work. People work better with it, with it's uh, release out of them. So either way, what I'm trying to let you know is don't let offenses take root, sit inside of your mind, heart, and spirit. If you mm-hmm. know that it's something that, that you can remember about your life that just bothers your core, Get down on your knee, and you're hearing, you're under the sound of my voice right now, especially, or you know somebody that's uh, that can relate to this. I would encourage you to reach out to that person, or reach into yourself, and pray to God about it. Get on your knees, pray to pray about it, or pray about that person that can relate to this. That they will, that the Lord will come up to them in their own unique way and show them, show them their Paul that's going to intercede for them and speak on their behalf to the person who offended them. He's gonna he's gonna send forth uh, a Moses to bring you up out of that situation, that offensive mm-hmm. situation, whether that be your job or anything. Or sometimes he'll just have you he'll give you strength within yourself, so that like Matthew eighteen says, let 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 him be unto you as a gentile or a tax collector, somebody you just avoid, or you feed with a long spoon, because tax collectors you got to pay your taxes. But see when when it says um, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. You have to commingle with that person in some way, shape, or form, but you don't got to be in close relations to him. So sometimes it might be your family member that offended you, so you got to treat him like a tax collector, and you know you got to visit them sometimes, but you, but you know you got to keep your distance because you know how nasty they are. So sometimes he'll just have you just feed him with a long spoon. But either way, don't take it upon yourself to handle your situation. Go to God about it. If you're under the side of my breath and you can relate to this, go go to God about it. See how he works it out in your life. See how he works it out in your life. He'll work it out. He'll give you the insight you need, or he'll send you the intercessor you need to get you up out of that offensive situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll definitely give you peace about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know uh, all 13 people not still on the line because if they are, I'm getting ready, getting ready to let them go. <laughs> but I just wanted to read this. Thank you, Brother Jules. Go ahead. Before, before you, before you, before I go, the, the young brother. What, what is his name? Um, what is his name? Brother Angie? Jules. The one, brother Jules. The one, the one who's just talking. One, yes. Yeah, brother Jules. Name? Brother Jules, I, I tell you, you sure preach the word. Before I go, I got a nickname. I'm like, you know what I'm going to call you? You remind, you are, you are in this life here, you're a younger version of Paul. Wow. <laughs> I mean, 
No, really. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you're a younger version of Paul, Paul the Apostle. I'm telling you, I'm just listening to you, and I tell you, I oh, wow. Ooh, you just don't know um, the plans that God has for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Uh, before evening. everyone leaves, my name is Elias, and I know oh. Julius. And um, I just got some strength up hearing a young lady before me just speak because I'm I'm kind of like shy. I don't like talking too much. And um, mm-hmm. I get my moments. I can talk, but anyway, I just wanted to share a little bit of I feel like a testimony and and. I don't know. I, I can't find out the words, but I'll come back to you. Of what Julian spent to my life in such a short period of time. Because mm. um, the other day, I just wrote a comment. That's how our connection began. I wrote a comment saying I felt like giving up. Because mm. I was just, and you know what? I didn't even know really what that would like stand out, you know, for anyone or was anyone going to address it or anything. Because I just was having like a rough morning. Being a new mom is coming up almost a year that my dad was murdered. And um, I don't know. I just felt like those choice of words, knowing the God that I know and serve, I would never give up. Mm. But that morning I chose the words and he reached out and he was like, well, can he pray for me? And I'm like, what? Mm. We, we, you know... We in a chat, uh, um, you know, a, a learning chat for, uh, you know, trading or what. I'm like, well, you know, didn't expect that for someone to say, can they pray for me? Mm. And out of all the people, he was the only one of a five, can you pray for me? So anyway, to make a long story short, is that, um, you know, going back to I don't I don't remember what young lady touched on it, but a couple of people were talking about how um when someone offends you and to free yourself. I guess I could be mixing up people's words, so forgive me if I do. But for me, what I took far is when um the young man that murdered my dad in prison, my dad was in prison. He was coming home November twenty seventh, um twenty twenty two. 22. He was supposed to come home, mm-hmm. and this young man was already um, facing a life sentence. And he, I, I, number one, he got murdered a month after I had my son. I mean, let me put that mm-hmm. in there. A month after I had my son. Then after I had my son, I had to be rushed back to the hospital because I had caught preeclampsia. So mm-hmm. just the thought of to cry anything in that moment, like to grieve my father was like, I felt like the envy was, like, trying trying any way to, like, kill me, to take me out. Mm. Mm. Because, like, mm-hmm. you could have people around you every day. And when I mean every day and not be attuned to you, don't even know. Mm. Like, they can go past, oh, hey, how you doing? But really don't care how you doing. Mm. Or how you feeling. Mm. You know, like the true inner feeling, like 
you know, we go on with our daily daily life, daily things that we do, and people don't have the compassion to pray for you no more, to really care about how you're feeling and really check in. So getting back to that is that, like, you know, um, there's so many different things going through my head at this moment, sorry. But um, Julius, just touching back to what that lady said, Julius don't know how his mouth, his words are, has truly just been a blessing to me. Mm. It's, 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 it's so many ways. So many. He know, like we we are faulty and prayed. Like it is just so beyond. Like it is. It, I, I my life was turned upside down in one year, but I mm. felt like just in a couple of days, it's just been. It just turned three sixty. Praise the Lord, for Thank you, Lord. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. My Praise God, my Lord. God. My God. God. Mm-hmm. Glory and praise. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Aaliyah. Thank you for sharing that. My God, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to say this to Aaliyah. I just want to say this to Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. sis, that was God checking mm-hmm. for you. It was the yeah, reason why you put yeah. that comment, and it was, and, and mm-hmm. all of those things were orchestrated how they were supposed to be orchestrated because God mm-hmm. loved and He wanted mm-hmm. to know that, and He used our brother Jules as that vessel. So you just you know, mm-hmm. want you to know that, that that's God talking to you, sis. The devil came for your yes, neck, Lord. but God was like, yo, I got you. I got you. Got you in the palm of his hands. Yes, yes, yes. Care for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. I just want to say to the young sister, I want you to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about to have me crying on this phone. Look, I'm about to cry. <laughs> 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 That's what you're not about to do. That's what you're not about to do. It came back to me about the forgiveness part. Someone spoke on forgiveness. Yes, yes. You know, the young man that murdered my dad, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. All I could do was just feed my newborn. And the investigator, he said, he was like, you know, I don't, I, I, I know you're so hurt. I don't want to hurt you no more, you know, because when they took his statement, he said he don't care. He don't regret anything he have done to none of his victims. Jesus. And mm-hmm. I was 
so tore up and hurt, and I was, like, so angry. And I told the investigators, I said that he can never hurt me as much as he already done. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I said, if done, is done. There's no, you know, rewinding. There's no do-over. My father's mm. And I told him, I said, you know, why, you know, why do the system continue to, you know, waste taxpayer dollars on keeping these people in prison? He already had a life sentence and did this. But you know what? It took me to understand and to, to talk to God, to ask for forgiveness. Again, it goes back to what someone said on the light on the line. Um, you know, forgiveness is not for him. It was for me to free myself. Amen. And that's when every day I became like stronger to get back into my routine and to do things because it was like a hole. Like he had like. I felt like he was behind prison, but I was also in prison. It was like my life had just shut down. The minute I heard that information about my dad, it was like everything was turned upside down. And I'm like, what you going to let this kill you, Aaliyah? Like, mm. you know, what my child going to do without me? Wow. Yeah. Mm. And... Mm. You know what? It took me to go back and I said, no, God, I want him to stay here. If he can live 100 years, let him live and see all his mm-hmm. victims, everything he have done. He needs mm-hmm. to see and he needs to feel what I'm, you know, I had to say all of this that I'm going through and I'm feeling that he's trying to rob me and my child and our happiness and he robbed my father. Let him feel all of that. How I couldn't sleep at mm-hmm. night, kept seeing my father, you know, smile and thinking about how I'm not going to never be able to talk to him no more, like see him, see him in the physical form. I said, let him see my father every morning, night, noon, every chance. Let him see the image of my father. Let him know the night that he robbed for me. Let him feel all of that, what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Wow, we. Well, that's 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 powerful. It's, I, I love I love the testimony that she um that she just said because one thing about it, being a Christian ain't easy. Being a Christian ain't easy. Living this life is not easy, and it's crazy how Christ and her kept her grounded, kept those. Kept those those feeling those emotions kind of trapped inside of her heart. She didn't express those emotions through uh, suicide. She didn't express those emotions through cutting people out, kicking the dogs. Yeah, she, the 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 the, uh, the fence came and she expressed her hurt. She's still expressing her hurt, but that's okay because she's in the place. She's in the presence of God. This is the safest place for her to express those those emotions. If we look on the news right now, we can see hundreds of young people, people uh, expressing their emotions in a negative way. But I feel like this is a perfect place to uh, this is a perfect place to express those type of emotions. Yeah. Any type yeah. of raw emotion, this is the best place to do it. I don't care. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you might cuss a little bit expressing yourself, but why not do that in the presence of God, knowing that 
God forgives us and we we can be raw with him. We can be raw in his presence. You know what I'm saying? Offenses come and they hurt. They hurt bad. They hurt real bad. And though we don't express our emotions in a negative way by cussing people out, like I said, kicking the dog, slapping the cat, we're we going to let it out. We're going to scream in that pillow or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> saying you know what I'm saying? Something is going to get expressed in some way, but it don't. The, the, the best thing I, I got from her testimony is that the offense came, the emotions came, but look how the peace of God just rested in her spirit just now. Wow. Look mm-hmm. at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at look at look 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 it's it's like a psalm in the Psalms it says Selah. Mm-hmm. Selah. Selah is a musical mm-hmm. it means pause. And look mm-hmm. how that emotion that, that flare just came up out of her. And then we were all like, Oh Lord and then all of a sudden look at the peace that came right behind it. That's why we need to express that's why we need to get on the mm-hmm. prayer line. That's why we need to express all of our emotions. Come in, lay down your prayer request, say everything that you're on that's on your heart you feel me come for real don't if you get you ain't gonna come for real don't come at all you know what i'm saying like this should be the place the church the the presence of god this should be the place of worship worship comes out in whatever way you want it to come out you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. either way express those emotions and i and i appreciate the woman of god being vulnerable being transparent with us on this prayer line because she, her spirit recognized that she was in the presence of God, so she didn't mind letting out those emotions. I, I, I really appreciate it. I encourage everybody to get something from that, that this is a place, this is a true place of worship. This is Bethel, the place of worship. This is a real mm-hmm. place of God's presence. I, I, I feel I feel present. I I I I need an angel. I feel I feel like the angels want to sing through Sister Angela right now. I, I feel like the angels want to sing through the woman of God right now. He's he trying to get you to sing angel. But look, before you start, singing, <laughs> before you start to sing, I want to just say I love how God orchestrates things. The fact that this young lady dealt with such a horrible offense, and the first time she comes on the line, you're talking about offenses. God ain't playing mm-hmm. no games out here. He checking for you, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Checking on you. He's taking care of you, babe. He knew what you needed. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? I'm just grateful. And that's what the song says. I'm forever grateful. Mm-hmm. To you, I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful to you that you came to seek and save the lost. And I'm forever grateful. To you, I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful to you that you came to seek and save the lost. I'm glad you came to seek and save the lost. 
you did not wait for me to cry out to you. But you clothed yourself in frail humanity. You did not wait for me to draw near to you. But you let me hear your voice calling me. And I'm forever grateful to you. Yes, I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful, Lord, to you that you came to seek and save the lost. I'm glad that you came to seek and save the lost, of which I was one of them. And my God, I'm so glad you came, Lord. I'm so glad you came to change our lives. I'm so glad you came to change the trajectory of the what the enemy thought. Oh, hallelujah. But you turned it around. You changed it. You turned it. Hallelujah. That was the song this morning. You turned it. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad you came to do that. That was why you came. Hallelujah. That's why you came to change our lives and change what the enemy wanted to do. Take away all of that. And I'm forever grateful to you, Lord. I'm forever grateful for what you've done. My God, my God. Mm, mm, mm. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Hallelujah. My God, my God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for what we've just experienced tonight. My God, my God. That's what it's all about, Lord. That's what it's all about, learning about you and then getting reality, the life and how and what you're doing, oh, God, just coming forth, oh, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for each and every one that came tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Leah sending her on this line tonight with the testimony of how you changed her life. Hallelujah. You sought her out, Lord. You sought her out, Lord. You brought her to this line. You brought her to that line where she met Brother Jules, Lord. Hallelujah. And you're sending so many in, oh, God. We're thankful, Lord. We're grateful, oh, God. Oh, God, and we want to be the people that you're looking for in these last days, oh, God. We want to be the salt and light in the earth, oh, God. Oh, God, use us for your glory, not for anything else, oh, God, but for for your glory, oh, God. Everything we say and do, oh, Lord, everything we learn, everything we're taught, Oh, God, everything that we live through, oh, God, oh, God, we want to use it for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, we thank you, Lord. Everyone have a peaceful, sweet sleep tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Thank you, amen. Sister Angie. Welcome to the family, Aaliyah. Thank you. Welcome, Aaliyah. Welcome, welcome. Tell about all the websites and all this stuff. Uh, Jackie, I love you all, and I truly appreciate you all. Yeah, we love you, sir. You keep your head up. Keep your head up. Yes, 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 yes. 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 And Brother Jules, I know you gave her the number to the line and stuff, and 
how she can get in contact and put, you know, prayer requests on the line or whatever. Well, tomorrow, well, you well, know what? Uh, for those for those of you who are new to the, I just say for those of you to, for, who are new to the line, we are live Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We take prayer. We take um, live prayer requests. We have um, and we you know we pray together as one in unity for each other. It's a beautiful God loving community where we carry each other burdens and we lift each other up and we encourage each other as we are all on a journey together. Okay. You are not by yourself. We are here together. Mm-hmm. Monday through Friday and every Sunday, uh, we have Sunday service at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The only thing you have to do is dial the same number that you dialed in to get to this call today. Um, so we will be 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we do have a website. The website is www.mybreakthrough.net. That is www.mybreakthrough.net. Again, breakthrough is spelled B-R-E-A-K. Thru.net, and we can be found. The recordings of these, um, of everything that you've heard today, can be found on a number of just all all the social media sites we're on, um, as well as we're on major um, podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, as well as um, you know what? I don't have them on in front of me, but just about any streaming service, um, Pandora. We're on Audible. We're on. So if you want to hear a recording of this particular um, broadcast, or you want to share it with somebody, um, it's going to be uploaded tomorrow, and it's going to be on. Let me just tell you exactly where it's going to be. I have it here. We're on. Um, oh, well, maybe I don't have it here in front of me. But yeah, but um, all just about all your major streaming stations like um, iHeartRadio. We're me on too. Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Pandora again. Um, just about, just Google, just Google it, and it'll come up. So uh, what we aim to do is every time we have a call, we do um, moving forward in 2023. Um, afterwards, you'll be able to hear the recording on any of those streaming stations. So just Google it, and it'll definitely um, come up. I'm sorry, I don't have it. You know what? You don't have to apologize because the <laughs> gave me everything. That's how oh, I already yeah. had it. He gave me everything. Yeah, even send it again. Like, yeah, we on the prayer line. And at first, I'm like, hmm, I started at 8 o'clock already. Like, okay, uh, maybe next time. Then something just told me, okay, while I was feeding the baby, I just was like, okay, I'm going to just call in and mute to this, to, um, the phone <laughs> so you didn't hear the background noise of him. And then I'm glad I, I showed up. We're glad I'm glad you did, too. Mm-hmm. Well. We're glad you showed up as mm-hmm. well. You know what? I have them right here. Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, Radio Public, excuse me, Pandora, and mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. So at iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. so I did say all of them. See, I remember, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. I love, I love you. you. I, I love, you. love you. Have a beautiful and blessed day. Oh, I love you all. Also, and enjoy your evening. Have a blessed evening. A blessed and safe evening. Yeah. Amen. Uh-huh. And all we're right. here. Every, hopefully, here everybody tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, on a breakthrough yeah. morning prayer call. We start the day out in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Amen. 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 Oh. Amen. Peace, family. All right. Peace out. Take care.
All right. All right. You too. All right. Good night. Good night. Mm-hmm.